In this episode, we're going to talk with a revenue expert on how you can tap into many techniques that will help you increase your sales. We're going to specifically dive into how to grow your revenue and scale so that your business can reach its full revenue potential in the shortest possible time. This is PS for Profit. You're listening to the PS for Profit podcast with Adam Lean, where it's not about how much you make, it's about how much you keep and how much freedom you enjoy. Welcome to PS for Profit. My name is Osbert Duran, and I am one of the CFOs at the CFO Project. We, along with the rest of the team, are very passionate about helping businesses improve their profitability of their business. My special guest today is known as the master of revenue kung fu. He is an entrepreneur and the founder of the Bruce Lee of Revenue Generation. Eric, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're, we're really excited to have you. Um, Eric, we know you help business owners win more sales uh, by using a revenue kung fu technique, as you like to call it. Mm -hmm. So we're really excited to jump in and, and kind of know about how you do that. But before we do, can you tell us a little bit about you and uh, how, how you started this? Sure, sure. So this was an evolution. And, and it as with all things in life, it's like kind of a culmination of your different skill sets. Martial arts wise, I started studying martial arts um, back when I was in college. And then I studied 11 different systems. I've gotten several black belts. I used to be a teacher and everything. So um, my, thank you. <laughs> it hurt a lot. Um, but I've, so I've always kind of looked at things for the, for the last several decades, sort of through a martial arts mindset. And I became I, I really fell in love with what Bruce Lee was all about in terms of martial arts, but his philosophies in martial arts have a lot of applications outside mm -hmm. of martial arts. They have it in, in business and life and whatever. So along with that, I was, you know, doing that, you know, through college and then my twenties and thirties and whatever. And then, um, about 15 years I, I did. And then I did 10 years coming out of college. I did 10 years of the corporate world. And then I did several years as a consultant. And then about 15 years ago, I started as a business coach and I started studying neuro-linguistic programming. I became very fascinated by the subconscious mind and I uh, wanted to bring that into the business world. And so my first my first business, uh, my first foray uh, really bringing that into the business world was developing the guru selling system and writing the book, Be, Do, Sale. And that, so that was like an evolution. You know, it was like the first step in, in the evolution. Actually, from business coach to, to gurus was like my first step in the evolution. And Bruce was always evolving through his martial arts as well. Uh, he started out with Wing Chun and then eventually created, started studying different things and eventually created his own system. So, and you'll see the parallel in a second. So there I was, I was doing guru selling. And then I came across the quote from Peter Drucker that said, the aim of marketing is to make sales superfluous. So I said, huh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> so, right. you know, I said, let's see if that actually works. So I started studying marketing, got hyper-focused on lead gen because that to me was the most important part of marketing, the uh, you know, asses and seats, as they say. And what I found was that most lead generation was being aimed at the, at the, at the conscious mind, you know, logical reasons for why you should go here, do this by that. And that made no sense because from what I knew from studying neuro-linguistic programming, Silva and other cognitive systems was humans function 99% subconsciously. So I, I then started to uh, develop my own system called subconscious lead generation. So that was like, an, you know, I'm now I was advancing, right? I was evolving in, in my thing. And mm -hmm. then at that point, after having that for a while, I said, okay, what if we tried to make lead gen superfluous? 
what would I have to focus on? And that to me was positioning. So I, still, I, went out, I went out, studied as much as I could about positioning. There wasn't, and still isn't that much about, you know, really good stuff about positioning out there. Ended up creating a, my own method called peerless positioning, which is broken down into 10 different elements of positioning. And so now I had evolved into that, right? You know, so I'm, I'm at that level. And then I said, okay, what about making positioning this superfluous? And so I started looking at brand and really what makes a brand, not colors and palettes and fonts and stuff like that, logos, but what's truly the core of a brand, you know, and, and to me, that's the core beingness of a, of a person, um, the person who founds it. And then the business is imbued with a beingness. And then that draws the, you know, if it's done well, it, it brings the right people, it scales rapidly, et cetera, et cetera. So that's my evolution. And I, and when I look at it, I say, you know, I evolved through business the way Bruce evolves through martial arts. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how the name came up. Well, the name came from a client, but that's how kind of the name came about and the, and the, and the, uh, you know, the metaphor and, and how I got into doing what I'm doing now. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a very interesting, and I'm glad you showcased it and how you're describing the evolution because I feel a lot of, you know, and I'm actually curious before I even say anything, and maybe this is how you answer this question, but what do you think is like, the biggest struggle that most businesses that you've worked with deal with? And and maybe I, was, I wanted to tap into a little bit more about has sales changed from what they were doing it from the beginning to how they're doing it now? Well, sales is always evolving. Um, mm-hmm. And it's had the biggest evolution, obviously, over the past 10, 15 years because of social media, right? Um, right. Because now you can now... Um, in the old days, you know, when you talk to like a sales guy, we'd get a cold call from a sales guy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like back in the 60s or something, you know, you get the, the cold call. The only person you were talking to about pens was probably the guy on the phone, right? So now, mm-hmm. well, I need pens and here's Charlie calling me about pens and he says he's going to give me a discount. So, okay, I'll, I'll order some pens. And that was very simple. Today, Charlie can't even get to you, you know, on the phone. Charlie can maybe send you an email or try to connect with you through LinkedIn. But now I can go on. If Charlie offers me, you know, 10 cents a pen, I can go online and find it for four cents. You know, I might have to wait an extra week to get them in from China. But, you know, so so sales has changed immensely over the years. Right. But I'd say, you know, the biggest issue that I see in sales these days and in marketing in general, uh, well, sales, marketing, the creation of revenue in general is looking at the wrong spots in what I'll call the the revenue river. So to me, like, like if you go back to Peter Drucker, Drucker said the aim of marketing is to make sales superfluous. So to me, sales is where the river meets the sea. All rivers flow to the sea, right? But, mm-hmm. you know, so if you've got it going right, that river is just flowing really fast and there's tons of water Nothing, no, nothing stopping it. Just flowing, 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 and that's that's your optimized sales, your perfect sales. <clears throat> up the up the hillside or up the mountainside. Before that, you've got your marketing. Before that, you've got your positioning. Before that, you've got your choosing your target market. Before that, you've got your 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 brand. You know, you're at the at the head of the river there. And what I see is that I say people dam themselves, right? They put dams mm-hmm. in the river. You know, and that slows the flow down. So when people, uh, so today, I, I think the biggest mistake that what people, when people are looking and they're saying, I'm not getting enough sales, is that they're looking at that part of the river, right? They're standing there on the beach, 
watching a trickle come down the mountain and into mm -hmm. the sea. And they're saying, I need to really focus here. I need to put a lot mm -hmm. of, you know, I need to, I need to, to get my hard charging sales guys and I need to get them on the phone more and I need more sales and I need collateral for Push. them and I need more sales yep. right there, right? You know, and it's kind of like buying a pump, an electric pump and putting it there, right? And letting the trickle come into the electric pump and hopefully it'll spray it a little faster into the ocean. Like, mm -hmm. okay, but you're still dealing with a trickle. Yeah. Maybe you have to go up the mountain a bit. So they aren't looking where the real problems are. And really, it, you know, the, the issue always to me is it, it starts all the way at the top is brand. A lot of a lot of businesses today are what I call me too businesses. They go out in the marketplace and they say, this is a 60 billion dollar market. Right. So mm -hmm. and then they hear that old spiel about follow a proven track, a track or a proven system or a proven track method, blah, blah, blah. So they try to sell the same things to the same people on the same platforms using the same sequences at the same cost. And then they go, why do I have so much competition? Why is it so tough? Why is it because you didn't create a brand, you just looked at a market and said, I, I, I wanna shave off some of other people's pie. And that's why you have a trickle because there is no river behind you. There, there, is, there is no flood for you to, you know, to guide down the mountain and into the sea. Mm -hmm. And it even, but if you do have a, a decent brand, then you've either positioned yourself wrong, maybe that's maybe where you're damned, or you've chosen the wrong target market, maybe that's where you're damned, or your lead gen isn't speaking to the subconscious mind, maybe that's where you're damned. So, you know, just in sales, the biggest issue, like I said, is that they're not looking at the right part of the revenue river, as it were. They're looking only at where the evidence of the problem is, not where the cause is. Right. And so how do you think um, someone would differentiate themselves? Because I know you mentioned a list of things mm -hmm. that um, we all, like as a business owner, we see, oh, well, we sell at the same price. We have the same items. So where do you think that they can have the biggest opportunity to differentiate yourself? Yeah, well, again, it all it all starts all the way back up at the top, right? It all right. starts back at the brand. Mm -hmm. So the biggest way to differentiate yourself is why you're, you know, why are you doing this? Why are you in right. this business? Why did you choose this company? Why did you start this? And I can usually disqualify, qualify or disqualify people pretty quickly when I'm doing it, you know, uh, an initial call with them. And I'll say, you know, somewhere within the first five minutes, I'll say, you know, how'd you get involved in this? Or why did you choose this business and not an ice cream store or something? Right. And if the first thing out of their mouth is, well, I had a job in this industry and it's a big industry, I could do it better, or it's a big industry or there's a lot of money, or the, I, I automatically know you're a me too business. There mm -hmm. is no saving you. you. You're not trying to build a company. You're just trying to grab some cash. So you can't differentiate because there's literally nothing to differentiate. It's like I could take a picture of somebody, but that's not the person, right? Mm -hmm. It's just an image. You know, you have to be something first. Right. So the way you start differentiating is why did I choose this and what aspects of myself do I want to bring to this? And, you know, what is this business really about the mission, the vision? And it, does the world need this? Because the other thing is that you know, sometimes you have a vision and a mission, but a lot, I've had to tell people, even if they, they had the right, of, the right intentions, I've had to say to them at some point, you know, there's really nothing new or unique or valuable about, you know, what you're doing. You're, you're better off going and getting a job, mm -hmm. you know, with somebody who does this, if you really love this, this industry or whatever, because 
you're not bringing anything new to the table, except you have some passion. But other than that, you're literally ca- carbon copying everybody. But if you right. have a unique, obviously, if you have a, a unique product or a unique service, that's always great. But do you have a unique perspective on the industry, on how the product should be built or the service should be delivered? Do you have a unique perspective on the problem are you you know that's being solved do you see it a way differently than other people see it you know what's truly valuable and unique about you and if you cannot find something unique and my job is to go is to help people you know one of my one of my parts of my job is helping them figure out what's unique about right. them if you can't find that at the end of the day if you can't find what's unique about you there is no then by default there is no differentiation and so you have a hard decision to make at that time you you know you can then say i'm just going to have to spend on marketing you know i i'm you know i i've got to try and make up in marketing what i can't do in differentiation or go find something you can be passionate about and different in and you know go make the difference there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And I think, you know, going uh, and I've kind of skimmed through, you know, your book, uh, the the B2 sale, but there's kind of a general theme of it's not just enough to to close on a sale and then call it quits then, but is to determine how you can bring value and like quote on the value piece to the customer, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think that's the kind of thing that you're hitting on is the importance of, this is the product or service you're offering, but what's the value in that? Because I think, well, maybe you can elaborate to me, you know, after, after you've kind of given the value, what's the intent of delivering more value than just getting a sale? Well, the, well, there's a, there's a couple of different factors there. So mm-hmm. value, value comes before the sale, obviously, you know, people don't, don't say I'll, I'll pay you today and then prove value to me <laughs> tomorrow. I, I wish they did. That'd be great. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I probably, I'll happily pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Um, <laughs> but you know, value, I always say that, you know, you don't determine value. The prospect determines value. The client determines value. And then they will hire you, not hire you, buy or not buy based on on that. So you have to be value able. You have to be able to, you know, you have to be able to look at their situation and say, you know, I feel for them and I, I empathize with them. I can see the world through their eyes. And in my opinion, you know, I think that this is this is what's going to help them. And so the the other value or part of the value is is like no bullshit in terms of because if you go to them and say, if, if you're if you're trying to sell yeah. something to them and that's your initial intent, that's the overarching intent, that's the only thing then your ability to be honest and to say, honestly, here's what you need or here's what's going to help you. And instead, everything is, I have to try to angle everything to sell this widget. Then you aren't, you can't provide value because you're being biased. You're, you're, you're gilding the lily. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're sidestepping the truth at points in time. So you're not actually providing value to them. And, because because if your product or service is the solution, 
then they will resonate with that. They'll get it. They'll buy it. If you have to try to BS them to quote unquote, you know, show value or something like that. If you can't connect the dots for them easily, then there is no value. So the, that's how you, you know, not BSing and tru- truly trying to be valuable to them, mm-hmm. not valuable, but valuable, able to bring value. And the first and foremost value you bring is honesty and truth. If you can't bring okay. that, then there is no, yep. there is no value beyond that. Secondly, with the with the, with securing the not closing the deal but securing the pact as I call it, <clears throat> um, people then, if they see that you are value able and they they have that connection to you, they've built that relationship with you. So there's this whole thing where salespeople like to get the you know get the signed agreement, get the the check or whatever, and then mm-hmm. I'm going to hand you off to my customer service people now, and. Mm-hmm. There's a certain amount of that. Obviously, that has to be, you know, if you're not the technical guy, then obviously technical people have to take a look in software sales and whatever. They have the relationship with you. And, you know, if your expectation is I'll show back up in in nine months and take them out to lunch so that I can reestablish before the 12-month the renewal period, you know, then, that, that you know, then you're, again, you're, you're not, are you really providing value? Did you really care? Is this really, you know, or are you just like, I'm a numbers guy, I gotta hit, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So by, by default, again, are you truly being a valuable person to them or valuable resource to them? So those kind of all go together. Right. Now, th- those are really interesting point of view. Um, but I, I want to segue in. So, segue into more of the lead generation uh, part of the of the process. Because let's say now, right, we have a good brand, we have value, we're differentiated from all other products. Can you go into a little bit of lead generation? And I actually am curious, how do you using like like you said the uh, the martial arts theme? Mm-hmm. How did you apply that to the the lead generation? Uh, phase of the process well martial arts is all about leverage mm-hmm. um especially well the lower level i shouldn't say that uh well yes no the lower level martial arts um okay. or the more what we call physical there's physical art there's the uh, external arts and there's internal arts external okay. arts are punching and kicking and, and you know whatever um <clears throat> so they're more about like force Right. You're, you know, I'm going to punch you in the face. I'm going to kick you in the shin. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a, a lot more, you know, external, you know, effort and whatever. The internal okay. arts, things like Tai Chi and stuff, that's more about leverage, about using the momentum of your opponent against them and whatever. But ultimately, you know, even like in an external martial art, like if I kick you in the knee, I'm using the leverage of my, of the f- force of my foot to, break you know your knee sideways or something and tai chi you know you come running at me and i turn gently sideways and allow you to you know i help i help to throw you across the room but i'm really Uh just using the momentum you built you know to do it so it's all about leverage so lead generation you know is also all about leverage that's why a lot you know you see today with uh with spend yeah they're people are leveraging money right Mm -hmm. so it's like if I like in, in martial arts, it would be like if I have a very weak punch, I have to punch you a hundred times to actually blacken your eye. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, but are you really going to let me stand there and 
punch you a hundred <laughs> times in the eye you know, before I blacken it. I mean, maybe, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you'd be insane. Right. Um, you know, so it's it's how do I better leverage the 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 opportunity I have right now in front of you? Um, <clears throat> and so the old expression is about you know needing several you know what is it like seven you need to hit somebody seven times before they respond or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But that's why I, I develop subconscious lead generation. I really looked at the subconscious mind, started studying neurolinguistic programming and everything. Was how do you get an immediate response from somebody? And it's really all about the reason it takes seven attempts is because seven attempts is usually like if you're hitting, if you're using a generic message, it takes that many times for somebody to say, oh, I recognize that tagline or I recognize that uh, that name or I recognize that company name or, you know, it's it's worming its way down into the subconscious. Right. Whereas if the first time that somebody the first touch or the first ex, uh, experience somebody has with your message, if your message linguistically is talking to the language in their head like that, automatically you're in. There is no, there is no wall. There is no, you know, because their subconscious goes. It's like a, you know, it's like a dog. You know, like you know, right. the dog just the dog's like <laughs> squirrel. You know, like, yeah. like that, you know, it's, it's, it's just like, it's the same thing. But the key thing is, are you getting to that level? Right. Because most times messaging is, is, is very transactional. It's very, very shallow level because you're already thinking, I'm going to have to hit this guy seven times at least before he pays attention to me. Right. So, you know, I look at lead gen and say, <clears throat> who is the target market? How do we niche it down? What is their presenting pain that they, you know, not the pain that you want them to have because, you know, people only care about, can only really have three, two to three things that they care about openly in their mind, you know, prominently in their mind. I have a hole in my sock, but that's not one of my big problems. So if you came today and said, Hey, would you like me to fix that hole in your sock? No, (laughs) you know, because it's not, it's number 418 on my list of problems. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because you know, I don't have to deal with that. I got, yeah, I got, I got more important things to deal with than the hole in my sock. I'll just put on a different pair tomorrow. So we have to first find that their, their pain, the presenting pain that they know that they have, that they want to solve right now, then, mm-hmm. and a lot of people will stop, you know, so first, a lot of people don't even get to that level. They just, they market to the pain they hope you have because they want to sell you socks. Interesting. Right? Yeah. You know, but then you say, okay, you know, what is, what is the pain that they care about? And can I solve that pain with my solution? Because if I can't solve one of your top two or three pains with my solution, you are the wrong target market. But if I can solve the pain with solve their pain with my solution, <clears throat> then I I can connect the dots for them. But I have to now go if I and, and if I can make that connection, now I have to go deeper and say, okay, what is it on a deeper level, on that more subconscious level that they're really thinking about that they really want? You know, and how do I language to that to get their attention and then connect the dots for them? So, I mean, you know, I would say like one of the best 
best examples we had is I took one of my clients um, mm-hmm. from a, uh, a solar company in Australia, took them from a, um, a pipeline of about 100, 200,000. And about eight weeks later, we were at 10 million. Now, wow. I, I can't I can't promise that for everybody. So everybody do not start yeah. calling me right now and said, <laughs> Error, you know, I, I can, want. I, can, can, can I maybe redo it? I hope so. Um, right. You know, <laughs> but I, I've done some amazing things. But I, again, nothing, nothing's guaranteed. But what did we do? Right. Long story short, we went after the um, the self storage industry, and then we researched the self storage industry, and we found out that their big three pains were getting client, you know, filling up the whole capacity of their of their building. Mm-hmm. getting a clients to stay and getting clients to pay on time. Hmm. And so we simply put together a message that said, how would you like to have a client who takes up an entire floor of your building, never leaves, and always pays on time? The win-win-win. So, you know, but that's the kind of thing. Now, if, if, if we could have gone out there and said, you know, how would you like to, you know, to save a thousand dollars a month on your electric bill or something like that? Well, yeah. And you probably would have gotten a few hand raises or something, but that wasn't the presenting pain. They weren't walking around saying, how do I save a thousand dollars on my electric bill? They were saying, how do I fill? How do I fill these empty rooms? How do I get right. these people to stay? And and how do I get them to pay on time? Solved so right, we solved the problems that they really cared about. Now it was nice that we lined up a trifecta, but yeah. um, you know, it's that that's the kind of thing getting to that deeper level where most solar companies would have gone at them talking about solar power or energy. We didn't say anything about that junk to start with. We connected the dots for them, but. You know, we led with what they cared about and what they were thinking about at a subconscious level. Right. And I'm, I'm yeah. glad you're touching on the specifics of the lead generation process because, um, you know, from, from our side of the business, it's one of the things that we try to focus on. But it's not as simple as just like a numbers game. You know, like you said earlier, it's not just like in the, in the 60s or, or earlier or later where you just do a lot of cold calls. Um, there's a process and you need to refine your customer base or your niche. Um, you got to find the solution and figure out how you're going to fix their problem. I think, yeah, it's more of an art than rather than just a numbers game. But hmm. uh, I, I think that's a very good thing you touched on. We are running out of time. So okay. I think that's a perfect spot to kind of close it out. I know you have probably a lot more to talk about and I, I wish we could have more um, time, but uh, the only last question, you know, before we close it out is um, I want to make sure that people can find you. So what's the best way for somebody to get into contact with you? Um, well, the two best ways, obviously, you can go to the website. It's ericlorsglobal.com, uh, E-R-I-K-L-U-H-R-S global.com. You can, but I, I will I will admit it's it's basically like a glorified business card online because I do a lot of information and all, all most of my work through LinkedIn. So, okay. um, you know, if you want to f- find me on LinkedIn, I am the only Bruce Lee of revenue generation on LinkedIn, uh, especially with the last name Lors. So yeah, just go ahead and, and check me out on LinkedIn, connect with me there and uh, you know, happy to talk. Perfect. Okay. And, and we'll add those uh, as well in, in the meeting or the, the show notes. Okay. But again, uh, for the audience, I want, I want to thank Eric for being here. If you would like to see how Eric can help you, please reach out. I will put those notes in the podcast 
And again, thank you so much for listening. Remember, the goal of your business is how you can make more profit than last year and turn that into cash so that you can keep it. Everyone, enjoy the rest of your day. The P is for Profit podcast is sponsored by the CFO Project. We help small business owners and entrepreneurs pocket bigger profits. If you're ready to discover the five changes required to boost your profits this quarter, you'll want to attend our latest presentation, Why Your Small Business Might Not Be As Profitable As It Should Be. Register at the CFO slash video.